you are able, would you stand with me one more time as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking at the book of Proverbs chapter number 22. Proverbs chapter number 22. And we're going to read verse number 6 this morning. The book of Proverbs chapter number 22 and verse number 6. The wisdom writer writes and he says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Father, I thank you today for this incredible opportunity to open the word of the Lord and share what the word of the Lord has for us today. Once again today, I ask the anointing, the empowering of the Holy Spirit to rest upon the message and upon the messenger. Lord, give us ears to hear your word. God, help us not just hear your word, but may we put in practice what we receive today. All of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. Well, with today being Mother's Day, I want to begin a two-part series I'm calling the Top Ten Parenting Mistakes. Uh, don't, don't get worried this morning. I'm going to share the first five of them today. And then I'm going to wait and share the other five on Father's Day. So, so I'm sure this morning, when I'm finished this morning, you cannot wait until Father's Day. I know you'll be back for Father's Day. Well, parenting is a difficult job. One of the reasons why it's so difficult is because no one gives birth to perfect children. Now, although children are born with a free will and will eventually make their own choices, and the choices that they make will determine their outcome, but the parents will have great influence on their kids' choices. For example, I hate beets. Beets, I hate beets. Now, I tried to remember as I was putting this together, I'm, I'm not... I don't really remember. I'm not really sure if I've ever eaten beets before. But I hate them. You say, Pastor, how can you hate something that you don't even remember eating? Because my father hated them. Now, my father would eat just about anything, but he wouldn't eat beets. And so, and so if my father, who eat just, would eat just about anything, wouldn't eat beets, then, then if my father hated them, then I ought to hate them. I understand this is the logic of a child, but to this day, don't offer me any beats. Truth of the matter is, no one has greater influence over a child than their parents. And I want to tell you something this morning, parents. The kids are doing a whole lot more watching than they are listening. Now, some of you have already tuned me out. Some of you are sitting there today and you say, I don't have any kids, so this does not apply to me. Wrong. If you don't have any kids, that just means you haven't messed any kids up yet with unwise parenting. So if you don't have any kids this morning, listen up. I'm about to help you save yourself and your future kids a whole lot of heartache and a whole lot of trouble. So take notes and save them for when you do have kids. Let's get started. Let me read my text again. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, To train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. 
The New Living Translation renders it this way. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. I want to notice these phrases. Train up a child and direct your children. I looked up the word train. To train means to direct. It means to prepare. It means to aim. It means to teach. It means to tutor. It means to instruct. It means to guide. See, see, correct parenting is hands-on training. That's what parenting is. It's hands-on training. It is intentional instruction. Correct parenting requires a plan. It requires focus. It requires consistency. Well, let's get started on the top five of the top ten parenting mistakes, and these are in no particular order. Number one parenting mistake is rendering to their children anything and everything they want. That's a mistake. Rendering to children anything and everything they want. You see, kids only want one thing. There's only one thing that kids want, something else. Whatever they have, they want something else. And this doesn't seem to change much for most people as they grow older. And kids are only satisfied with the something else until they see something else. So here's what I know this morning. First of all, wise parents tell their kids no sometimes. Wise parents tell their kids no sometimes. My wife doesn't know how to say no. She gives and she goes and she does for people continually. It's ridiculous. But one day, years ago, when our kids were small, one of them asked her for something and she actually said no. And it shocked all of us. And she looked at me and she said to me, did you hear what I just said? She said, I actually said no. She said, wow, that sounded so, so good. And so she said it again, no. And so for the rest of the day, we both answered no to everything the kids asked. Mama, can I? No. Daddy, can I? No. Can I go to the bathroom? No. Can I please go to bed? No. We, we, we took this to the extreme just for fun. But the truth of the matter is, wise parents tell their kids no sometimes. And here are a few of the reasons why no is a good answer sometimes. Number one, when they are asking for what they are asking for is not good for them. It's a good time to say no. Here's another one. When they're not old enough or mature enough for what they are asking for. Here's another one. What they are asking for is unreasonable. Here's another one. You cannot afford what they are asking for. Here's a good one. You don't want to spoil them or teach them that life is always easy and everything they want is always going to be handed them on a silver platter. Because of that, it's good to say no every once in a while. Here's a good one. They've been acting like a brat. <laughs> and you don't want to reward 
bad behavior. These are just a few of the many reasons why wise parents tell their kids no sometimes. Here's what I know, and that is wise parents teach their kids the value of money. Don't give your kids an allowance. Don't give, say give. Don't give your kids an allowance. Tell them this is your allowance. I allow you to eat at my table. I allow you to sleep in my house. I allow you to ride in my car. I allow you to watch my television. That's your allowance. When my kids were growing up and, and uh, the Cosby Show was popular. That was a, that was a great show, wasn't it? The Cosby Show. It was great. And I remember one of the episodes. And, and you know, if you remember the Cosby Show, well, you know, uh, the, the husband was a doctor and the wife was a lawyer, correct? And so they lived in this fancy place and they had lots of money and they were rich and all of this. And one day the son Leo said to his daddy, said, Daddy, we are rich. And the father said to his son, said, no, son, your mom and I are rich. You have nothing. (laughs) Don't give your kids an allowance. Make them do age-appropriate chores. And don't pay them for these chores. They do these chores because they are a member of the family. And everyone in the family carries their own weight. And everyone in the family pulls their share of the load. Teach them there's no free lunch. How many know the world's not going to give them an allowance? Now, in order for you to pay them something, they must do something above and beyond their duly assigned and age-appropriate chores. How am I doing? See, see, don't reward kids for doing what they ought to do. Reward them for going over and above. Don't give them anything and everything they want because this will teach them entitlement. Now, I can't speak for anybody else, but I'm glad I paid for my first car. My first car, it was a 56 Chevrolet. It was a hot rod. I'm glad, but I worked for every dime of that. I'm glad I paid for my first car. I'm glad I bought my own gasoline. I'm glad I paid my own insurance. I'm glad I paid my own way. Because when I was thrown into the real world, I could swim and not drown. It's okay to help your kids. Just don't do everything for them. Am I still doing okay? Let's look at the second parenting mistake, and that is releasing all boundaries. That's a mistake. See, kids need and desire boundaries because boundaries give the child security. Boundaries say to the child, Mom and Dad love you enough to watch out for you and keep you safe. Give your kids reasonable rules and make them clear and be consistent in enforcing them. And be very, very careful who you allow your kids to hang out with. Know your kids' friends. Make your house the fun house. You know, in a gang of kids, there's always the fun house. There's always the house that everybody wants to go to, and then there's always the house nobody wants to go to. Make your house the fun house. 
So your kids' friends will say, your house is the fun house, and all of your kids' friends will come to your house so you can watch out for them. We always had a lot of kids at our house, especially for our daughter, her friend. They were always at our house. They were always sleeping over, staying weeks at a time. <laughs> There's a couple of them I should have taken off of my ta- on my tax <laughs> as deductions. Make your, make your house the fun house so, the, so your kids' friends will want to come and hang out at your house so you can watch out for them. Mom and dad, mom and dad, you better watch out for them because kids don't do what's expected. They do what's inspected. And here's the truth. Kids disobey the rules. Oh, not my kids. Oh. Your kids might be a good kid, but they still mess up sometimes. Amen? Kids disobey the rules. Even the good kids cross over the boundaries sometimes. And just because your kid didn't get caught, that doesn't mean they never cross the line. So don't be so quick to point an accusing finger at somebody else's kid that messes up because you probably have a skeleton or two in your own closet, and so do your kids. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 20 through 22. It's one of my favorite verses. It says there, it says, There is not a single man on earth who never sins. Do not pay attention to every word people say, or you might hear somebody cursing you. And here's the reason. For you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. My father used to say it like this. He used to say, When I point a finger at you, he said, I have three fingers pointing back at me. Let's look at the third parenting mistake, and that is refusing to discipline. Refusing to discipline, that's a mistake. Proverbs 13 and 24 says, those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Now let me say this about discipline. One size doesn't fit all. Each child is different. People who treat all of their children exactly alike are making a mistake. And people say that all the time. I don't know why this one turned out good and that one turned out bad. I, I treated them exactly alike. You what? Why would you do that? I got a boy and a girl. I think there's a little difference in a boy and a girl. And not just physical, emotional, every way. Why would you treat all your kids alike? They're not alike. Amen? One size does not fit all. Different methods of discipline work better based on the temperament and personality and makeup of each individual child. Some kids, all you got to do is give them the look. When my dad gave me the look, I knew what that look meant. That's all it took for me was a look. For my brother, he had to take a two-before and hit him up outside the head. I'm teasing a little bit, all right? Love your kids. Love them enough to figure out which method works best for each child. So let me, let me suggest three things about discipline. Three things about discipline. First of all, discipline properly. Properly. If you spank, God gave the child a nice padded place for this. Never slap your child. If you spank, God made the place for that to happen. However you discipline, make sure the punishment fits the crime. 
be firm, but be fair. But not only should you discipline properly, then discipline patiently. I wish my parents had heard this sermon. Discipline patiently. Get, get control of your anger before you administer the punishment. Talk calmly with them before, during, and after the discipline. Point out the reasons for their punishment. Never yell at them or berate them or humiliate them. Assure them of your unconditional love for them, but be clear as to what behavior is and what behavior is not tolerated. And be, be clear with them what the consequences are for bad behavior. And thirdly, dis- discipline persistently. Persistently. See, see, what's acceptable behavior today should not be unacceptable behavior tomorrow. Once again, there must be clear rules and boundaries set up. Discipline persistently. Don't don't continually threaten punishment and then never carry it out. Have you ever met anybody like that? I'm going to spank you. You're going to be in trouble if you keep doing that. No, don't continually threaten punishment and then never carry it out. This confuses the child, and eventually the child learns that there will not be any consequences for their bad behavior, only threats. Talking about the top ten parenting mistakes. Let's look at number four. Realizing their dreams through their kids. That's a mistake. Realizing your dream through your child. You see, parents often want for their kids what they wanted as a kid but never got. But there's a big problem, and the problem is their kid wants something else. I've told you before, but, but it's the best illustration I have here. When I was a little boy, I wanted a little red wagon. I'd go to my cousin's house, and they had a little red wagon. Man, we just did all kinds of things with that little red wagon. Man, we made a car out of it. You know, I'd put one knee in it and push it along, we, you know. We played farm with it, we, you know, because they lived out on a farm, and we put stuff in it, made it our wagon, you know, our hay wagon and all this. I mean, we just did all kinds, man, just everything in this little red wagon. I just, my whole childhood growing up, I wanted a little red wagon. I never got a little red wagon. My whole growing up here, never got a little red wagon. I got married. Four years later, I had a, a little boy. And one day, I said to my son, I said, Chad, how would you like for it? It's not his birthday. It's not Christmas. I said, Dad, I said, Chad, how would you like for your daddy to take you to the store and buy you a little red wagon? Oh, wouldn't that be so much fun, son? If you had a little red wagon, you could do so much with that little red wagon. How would you like daddy to take you to the store and buy you a little red wagon? He said, no, Dad. I want a big wheel. The problem with trying to give for your kids or do for your kids what wasn't done for you. The problem is they want something else. Amen. It's a mistake when parents try to realize their dreams through their kids. So because of that, don't push your kids in any direction. Don't push your kids in any 
direction. Now, now I didn't say don't make suggestions. I didn't say don't be involved in their major decisions. I didn't say don't talk over the pros and the cons of different decisions. I didn't say that. I said don't push your kids in any direction. Because if you, if you have to push them, they're probably not supposed to go that direction. And if you have to push them, they probably won't go very far. I know a man who pushed his son to follow in his footsteps and into the career path that he had chosen for himself. And he put so much pressure on his son to follow in his footsteps. And so his son did that for a while. And and his son squeezed a four-year degree. He squeezed that four-year degree into six. Some of you will get that tomorrow. (laughs) And he never finished that degree. Because if you have to push them, they probably are not going to go very far. And if you push them, they might end up resenting you. And if you push them when things get difficult, and they will because life is often difficult, if you push them when things get tough, they will probably bail out because they are there, not because they want to be. They are there because they have been pushed there and prodded and placed there by their parents. Now, both of my kids are in full-time ministry. My son, Chad, who pastors in Burleson, my daughter, Krista, right here, Both of my kids are in full-time ministry, but not because their mother or I pushed them into ministry. We never pushed our kids into ministry. In fact, in fact, when their grandparents, especially my mom and especially my dad, when their grandparents would say, when they would say, Chad and Krista, I guess you know, son, I guess you know, son, my my dad had a little I guess you know, son, Chad and Krista called into ministry. I would say to them, Dad, or I would say to them, I would say, listen, please, 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 please don't tell them. Don't tell them. Pastor, you're saying you didn't want your kids to be in ministry? I'm not saying that. I'd have been just as happy if they were not called into ministry. My son was a great baseball player. I'd been happy for him to sign a million-dollar contract and pay his tithe to his dad. I'd have been happy. No, here's what I know. I know that if they are called into full-time ministry, it needs to be God that calls them and not mom or dad and not grandma or grandpa. Because ministry is difficult. I'm not saying what what you do is not difficult, but I'm telling you ministry is difficult. It's documented. Statistics, actual statistics tell us that only one out of every ten who begin in full-time ministry finish in full-time ministry. Ninety percent fall out somewhere along the way. You say, why is that? Well, just look around. No, I I did not say that. (laughs) Come on, I'm just kidding with you a little bit this morning. (laughs) Ministry is difficult. And so without a divine call, it's impossible. It's a mistake. It's a mistake to push your children in any direction. So here's what you need to do instead. And that is you need to provide your kids the opportunities they need to pursue their passion. Help your kids discover their gifts, their talents, and their abilities. Help them discover their God-given passion. 
what they love to do, what they are naturally good at, what brings them joy and fulfillment, what they excel at, what people notice about them, what they are acknowledged and recognized for. And once you make these discoveries, then try to match these things with their activities. Provide for them as best you can the opportunities they need to pursue their passion. You know, some parents push their kids to sing or play an instrument. The only problem is the child doesn't have any talent. And mama thinks, doesn't she sing so sweet and so good? And everybody else is going. Some parents push their kids to sing or play an instrument. Only, only the child has no giftings for this. But on the other hand, that child is amazing at art or writing or, 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 or. Discover what the or is and then release your child to pursue the or of their choice. Because it's their life. So let them live it. My kids often come, not often anymore, but they used to come often. Some come more often than others. But my kids come to me from time to time, probably is a better statement now. People, my kids come to me every once in a while now, and they ask for my advice. And I give them my advice, but I tell them it's your life. I tell them whatever you, de- whatever you decide, this is your decision. I'll give you what I think. I'll give you my, fault. I'll, uh, my thoughts. I'll give you my take on this. But I understand I'm not going to have to live with this decision. You are. And so it's your decision to make, and whichever decision that you make, you will know that I'm going to back you on it and I'm going to support you in your decision it's their life let them live it now of course I'm not talking about anything illegal or immoral or unethical or unwise not talking about that and here's what I've learned and that is your kids probably won't make the choices you think they ought to make and the reason is is that they are not you Oh, they may resemble you, they may look a little bit like you, they may have some of your traits, but they're not you. They are them, and them is not you. So here's what we have to do, and that is we have to train up a child in the way they should go. We need to train them. Say train. Train means to direct, it means to prepare, it means to aim, it means to teach, it means to tutor, it means to instruct, it means to guide. Oh, then when the proper time comes, let them go. Let them spread their wings, let them walk and let them stumble and let them fall and let them get back up and let them repeat the process just like we did. And here's the good news, and that is if you trained them, and remember what training means, if you trained them, they will be okay. If you trained them, they will make it. If you trained them, they will probably go farther than you did, and they ought to go farther than you did because you gave them a better starting place than you had. You equipped them better than you were equipped. So here's the, here's the word for somebody here this morning. That is, take the training wheels off and let them ride. The fifth mistake that parents often make is this, and that is reciting all their past successes and none of their failures. That's a mistake. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Tell your kids you walked five miles to school uphill both ways in three feet of snow, and you were happy to do it. Tell them, that. Tell them about all the A's that you made on your report card, but don't tell them about the C's, and certainly don't tell them about the F that you made on your test. 
See, one of the mistakes that parents sometimes make is painting an unrealistic portrait of themselves. Both as a child and as an adult. You know, sometimes parents need to apologize to their children. And I've done it many times. Don't paint an unrealistic portrait of yourself. The truth is, the truth is we're all flawed. Truth is we're all flawed. The truth is we're all messed up in some way or another. The truth is, let me tell you the truth about me. The truth is I'm not nearly as good as some of you think I am. And I'm I'm not nearly as bad as some of you say I am. Here's another mistake some parents make, and that is placing unrealistic expectations on their kids. Placing unrealistic expectations on their kids. See, kids are kids. Kids are kids. They will make you happy and they will make you sad. They will make you proud and they will disappoint you. They will excel in some areas and they will struggle in other areas. Kids are kids, just like we used to be. So don't make the mistake of placing unrealistic expectations on your kids. Love them unconditionally. Support them in the good times as well as in the bad times. Help them, but don't do everything for them. Train them up in the way they should go. Direct them onto the right path. But the time will come when the training wheels must come off and you must trust the Lord and the training you have given them to keep them afloat. And never forget, kids do a whole lot more watching than they do listening. You can tell them how important church is But if you only show up with them every other Sunday or less, what you have said to them doesn't match what your hands-on teaching has trained them. Make sure your walk lines up with your talk in every area of life. Parenting is our greatest responsibility. We better take it seriously. Our takeaway today is this. Parenting can be very rewarding. I wouldn't take anything with the memories that I have with my son and with my daughter and now with my grandkids. Parenting can be very rewarding. Now, not always during the process. And let me tell you, it's Mother's Day. Mamas, God hadn't placed you in your child's life to be their best friend. He's placed them in you in their life to be their mama. They got their best friend to, you know, to turn their head when they're doing something wrong. They've got their best friend for other things. Oh, the time will come. When they're, when they're grown, they would definitely be your best friend. But when they're in your charge, when they're in your home, when they're, when you're raised, when they're kids, when they're little, when they're growing up in your house, God hadn't called, mama, God hadn't called you to be their best friend. In fact, there's going to be times your, your kids are going to hate you. Well, they, they don't really, but they'll, they might even say it. They better be careful in my house saying that. <laughs> I might break my rule. <laughs> um, 
Parenting can be very rewarding, not always during the process. Man, there's some tough times. And you know what? And we never, ever, mamas, you never stop mom, being a mama, do you? You never stop. It never stops. When they hurt, you hurt. When they cry, you cry. And then you get grandkids, and there it goes again. Parenting can be very, very rewarding, but not always during the process, but later, and especially, especially when they start producing grandkids. Oh, don't you wish we knew about grandkids? We'd have had them first. Wouldn't we just skip the kid gone right to the grandkids? I challenge you this morning. Come back on Father's Day for the second half of this teaching. Things I think that we need to hear. Father, I just pray that you'll take this word today that has been shared. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I I am so, so grateful, so thankful, God. Oh, I am so, 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 so blessed. Thank you. I had a good mama. Still have a good mama. At 63 years old, I still have a mama. That's something to be grateful for. Thank you for my mama. Thank you for my children. Oh, what a blessing. They have been, they are, and they're going to be. Oh, my grandkids. Ha, don't get me started, Lord. We'll be here all day. 